folks. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Ammers. Hello and welcome everybody. Hallo, Shumai, guten Tag, salut, uh, benvenuto, bienvenido. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. If you've ever had the inkling of maybe going on italki or going to a tutor platform if you've ever worked with a private tutor or god beware if you're working with me on work on learning german then today's podcast is going to be so useful for you lindsay and i really discussed what makes a teacher uh, different from a language learning buddy what kind of language teacher do you need and what's the best way of finding somebody that you can afford on whatever budget you are on, but that's actually going to help you. So that's today's conversation, and I don't want to delay you any further, but here is something I need you to do. Step number one, open up iTunes. Step number two, search for the Creative Language Learning Podcast in the iTunes store. Step number three, subscribe. You don't have to listen to it in iTunes, but I need you in my group of subscribers, guys. Uh, step number four, leave me a review. If you've listened to this, then hopefully you think this is not a complete waste of time. So any review will be absolutely appreciated. I need you guys to do this because otherwise iTunes will throw us into a fiery pit of oblivion and no one's ever going to listen to the Creative Language Learning Podcast. And I don't want that to happen. Now, if you've already done that and you're going, oh God, Kirsten, come on, how can I really support you? Here's a really simple way. Head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Fluent Language and become a patron of the podcast, which is a simple and very, very cheap way of supporting us. And that is it, really. That's all you need to do. And without further ado, let's start the interview with Lindsay. What have you been up to? How are you, Lindsay Dow? Well, I'm good. I'm very well, thank you. Very, very well indeed. I've been uh, quite busy trying to get back to normal in July, given how how ill I was in June. I feel like I've been going on about this so much, but I'm, <laughs> it was crazy. Like, it really stopped me. Um, but yeah, so I'm back on track. I'm This week, this is very exciting, this week will be the final uh, finalisation of my phrasal verbs course and then after that it's just proofreading and getting it online oh wow oh fantastic yeah. so when are you looking at for it when where where and when should do you have like a mailing list where you can tell people when it's happening? i do if yeah if people visit shop.lindsaydoeslanguages.com shop.lindsaydoeslanguages.com and then there's a sign-up form on that site nothing else at the moment just a sign-up form um, to sign up specifically for the updates about courses and, and things like that. And um, it's going to be in the autumn. Um, take, I'm taking a nice long summer holiday, which means that now once I've got it done and ready to go, I'm going to be like, right, okay, escape. And then come back and like, okay, get it ready, get it ready, and boom. So I haven't given myself an exact date yet. It will probably be early October-ish. Yeah. Hopefully. So, yeah. That's the plan. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. I'm I am yeah. launching before I get married again in Germany. What? Yeah, I just figured I just was, you know, because I I don't know. I I get I I am prone to excitements and bursts of enthusiasm. So I kind of just want to get it done because I want to see mm. people I'm excited about seeing people react to it. I've done a test group and mm. they really liked it and the feedback's been overall very positive. 
um, and people really enjoyed it and said it helped and stuff. Yeah. So I'm quite, and some in really interesting discussions came out of it. So I also, I've, I've been able to add to the course and bring together this sort of FAQ document. That's fun. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. When people say, oh, but you said this happens, but I have heard this happen. Um <laughs> And in fact, I, I am coming to you today from Sweden. We are recording this as I am in Sweden. Can so, you speak any Swedish for us? Uh, bra, I can say. That's good. Or bra, I can't remember. Um, I can oh, bra. Say, I have got, well, I've got, I'm going to go and get it. Okay. I have got this amazing dictionary that I, I posted a picture of on Instagram as well. And it is uh, Langenscheid, German company mm -hmm. that we discussed in episode 20, along with our favorite dictionary company. So people should listen mm -hmm. to episode 20. Or actually, we can just say it's Collins, Pons and Langenscheid. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you should still listen to episode 20, people. It was good. Um, this dictionary is from when my mother went on holiday to Sweden in 1975. Oh, wow. So it's not really got much of a phrase book in, yeah. but it is absolutely excellent. It's pocket-sized. It sort of fits onto the palm of my hand. And yeah. it's got 30,000 words, so it's plenty. So this dictionary does have, a, like, it's got like four pages of phrase book in. So what can I say in Swedish? Tak, tusen tak, that's a thousand times thank you. Um, and then I can say, vad heter det på tyska? Vad heter det på tyska? What, what is that in German? What is that? Ah, in German. Say German again. Tuska. You know, German, like the word German in different languages, isn't that one of the greatest linguistic mysteries? I say mysteries. I did read something about it once. You know, do you know what I'm saying? How like it's Alemann and then Tedesco and then German and then Deutsch. And yeah, it's fascinating. Niem Niemski. It's, it yeah. doesn't have like a huge... Uh, common thread and I did read something once I can't remember the reason it's basically to do with the historical association of when countries gave it a name and what it meant at that point or something like that yeah uh, I have never it's never surprised me because yeah. I guess like I come from uh, near the city of Trier mm -hmm. and the city of Trier used to have the Roman name Augusta Treverorum and Treverorum is like of the Treverus uh -huh. no, not the Trevers but the Treverus um <laughs> or whatever that's called in English and that's a that's a tribe and Germany is just has is full of history of all these different tribes and that's also why our dialects are so strong and our history is very colorful and I always thought of Germany as a bit of a you know when you look at the historic mm. um historic history <laughs> it's Germany is sort of this patchwork Unlike the UK, which is basically mm. an island, and then there's like people invading different kinds of Celts, I feel. Whereas mm. Germany, it was just a load of people kind of coexisting, and it wasn't really a country until maybe three, four hundred years ago. And before it was just like this space where there's all these different people. Yeah. <laughs> Although we did have this thing called the Holy Roman German Empire or something in the Middle oh, Ages. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. But so that's why, like, you kind of think the, the Germanic tribes. That's why it's called Germany. And then there's like Teutonic tribes. And I, I'm assume I'm wildly speculating here that that might be why it's called sort of Tuskland. Right. And it's that called Tedesco. Well, it's called Tedesco, but then mm. it's called Germania in Italian. Ah, as well. Really? Uh -huh, it's weird. Yeah. And in Russian too, it's called, I think, Germania. 
Mm. But then you're right. In the the adjective is Niemski. Yeah. Or Niemska. Niem, Niemka. Yeah, like po- Polish is is a similar. Which apparently means, and I don't, I I may be wildly off, but I like the story. Mm. Means mute. Mute. Because people <laughs> didn't understand the Germans when they came oh. and when they came or something. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. I know, I know. So in, in Swedish, what is this in German? Because this is a German-Swedish dictionary. And yeah. I don't even know how to say what is this in English. So all I can say is, what is this in Potiska. German? Um, but it has, because it's an old dictionary, oh, it's just so funny. It's got, uh, please develop this film. <laughs> it's like super useful. All the necessities. Do you have a phone book? And really oh, wow. strangely, it has, please shave the eyebrows. Huh. Then you get sweat in your eyes. That's no good. I mean, it's, it's, in, a, it's in, a whole, in a whole series of stuff that kind of goes, uh, hair washing, please. Uh, please style my hair. You know, I would like a haircut. So I think it's something about haircuts. Yeah. But maybe that's something that you do at the barber. Have your eyebrows shaved? <laughs> your I have never done shaved. this. Is it a man thing? I don't know. I know. Um, you, know you know you say about it being quite old and having these weird sentences. Um, recently, I found um, two Esperanto books at a car boot sale. And I was having a look through them. They're from like the 60s and the 50s. Um, and I was having a look through them. And this is like the first page about pronunciation. It says... Um, hang on, let me read it to you. Okay, it's impossible to describe the sounds of a language accurately um, for ref- by reference to the sounds of another language. Uh, blah, 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 blah. For example, the expression E as in get means quite different things to a Yorkshireman and an Australian. <laughs> the following should be taken as a rough guide only. Wait for it. Unless otherwise specified, English means the pronunciation heard from educated speakers in southern England free from regional features. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Free like, from disturbing regional features that we hate like, so much. Whoa. Yeah, it's, what, what a way to... It's impossible to accurately describe the sounds of one language by referring to another language. Do you think that's true? Mm. That's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say it depends what the two languages are. Mm. I mean, like, we, you know, we don't have certain sounds in English that they have in... I don't know another language you know like for example you know like the IPA yeah well uh, yeah you've got like the click sounds for example having just done you know like a German like a whole basically a course about this whole thing Mm. like Mm. German pronunciation and I did you know I we have umlauts that just don't exist in English so like e, ö and ü and I know that ü is a tricky one um, for for English speakers but I still I go with sort of the best the best description I have heard in English because I mean because I I personally prefer it slightly to round your lips then blow your breath over over your tongue and then kind of flip your teeth about or something it's just you know I I find that very abstract and I know a lot uh, of so what I said was I refer to the IPA in the course the IPA being the international phonetic alphabet in case um, people want to look it up uh, just you can just Wikipedia IPA German IPA worthwhile. English. It's actually really interesting. Yeah. But I only referred to it when I really had to. So when like I mm. think explaining what fricatives are is helpful. Yeah. Um, 
But I don't want to go around saying, and this it? is the so-and-so fricative, because I find yeah. I think it's intimidating. Yeah. And like you said, um, you said about the, the mouth movement and stuff. Like, I can't stand. You know, and I've, I've taught um, groups before, and I've, I, I tried to do like a little bit of pronunciation each time. Because I, as a learner, you know when you get a book on the first page of pronunciation, I always skip it. I don't care. I'm like, I'll learn as I go along. Oh, really? Yeah, I really, I really, unless, yeah, like, I do, I do. I'm fascinated with, like, in this dictionary, this Swedish dictionary, it has a little bit about pronunciation. That's all I've read. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I want to get to the, to the the hardcore, like, words, the stuff that I'm actually going to go out and and say to people, like, but I'll always, I'll go back to it for reference, but I never start with that. And (gasps) then, so when I teach people in groups and things, I'll always do a little bit you know sort of um drip fed if you like mm-hmm. at a time and one of the sounds that i'll always start with early on is the <laughs> in english right the th because a lot of yeah that th because oh you've got the and then you've got the yeah you know, like i remember the, learning this, that because i then, like germans english. can't do it yeah exactly and and my favorite way i i've found to do this is i buy everyone a little lollipop <laughs> and i give them all a lollipop and i say right put the lollipop in your mouth and now try and say, you know, now breathe. And there we go. And they can all do it with that. And then like, now take the lollipop out and now try. And it's quite fun. It's, I think it's, I just enjoy teaching it that way. <laughs> oh, get yeah. You get, to, you get to give Not people a lollipop. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really nice. Yeah, yeah, I remember we were always told that it should be basically like if you want to spit, but you just shouldn't spit. Oh. Mm-hmm. But TH is, TH is spitty when you're learning. If I was going to spit, I would be like... <laughs> Scottish loch. That would be my spit sound. <laughs> oh, well, that's a sound that exists in German. You know, they, they exactly. sort of got to roll CH. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating stuff, is, is pronunciation. I have really enjoyed kind of trying to find ways of explaining not just the rules, because obviously there's a few funny rules in, in most languages where it's like, before a before an A and O, this sound does this. But then before a E and I and no, hang on. Before an A and O and U, it a sound does this. But before mm. an E and I, it does something else. And then it's like before an E and an I. And in Sweden, it's before an E and an I or an E, which is the A umlaut. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It 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 treats the A umlaut a bit like a light vowel. Okay. And the O umlaut too. Yeah. And the Y which is a uh sound. Mm. But German treats the umlaut like a dark vowel. Mm. So light and dark vowels, okay, in case you're listening and you're thinking, what? Um, sort of means, like, in Italian, I always think of Italian or Spanish. Yeah. If the C goes ch in, right. in front of the I or the E. You know how you say, like, ch and ci, ci, uh-huh. ci sono, I think. Uh-huh. Um, that's a light vowel, and then when the C becomes a k sound, it's a dark vowel. So you say, uh-huh. k- I don't know, I can't think of anything. Calzone, <laughs> food, <laughs> food names, of course, <laughs> or like collezione, or I don't know, see you, whatever word. So that's kind of that's when I learned it, and then I realized that this happens sort of in French, and this sort of happens in German, and it's just a really like a lot of European languages seem to do this. It's a consistent thing. Mm. The light and dark vowel thing. And I, I use that because in, in German, it happens with the CH. It changes in front of a. 
No, after a I or E, it's a SH, but mm. after an O, U or A, it's a H. So again, you've got that kind of consistency. It's really, really often that you can group the vowels into the I and the E do this thing, and then the I and the, the A and the O and the U, they do the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. It's, yeah, yeah. Watch out for yeah. it, because in Spanish it happens too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like with, with the vowel sound changes. The... Yeah, like you've got mm. Barcelona with a yeah. th, but then you've got Salamanca with a yeah. k. Yeah. So, um, and then I took the train to Denmark. Oh. <laughs> and, yeah, and um, I mean, I did my usual thing, which is basically just ask people what is the whatever I want to say in your language. Yeah. Which is not very sophisticated. But, yeah, so I've learned sorry, which is unschooled. Unschooled. Mm, yeah. And Danish and has a lot of all, all, like somewhere. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm unskilled. Unschooled. Unschooled. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's related to, it looks like Entschuldigung in German. Yeah, it does, actually. Yeah, which comes from Disculpa kind of root. Mm. It means the same thing. So, like, take the guilt away from me, please. Entschuld, Disculpa. Yeah, I never, yeah. yeah. Like la culpa as well. Yeah. Like, Didn't you learn a little bit of Danish recently? A little bit, a little bit. Was, yeah, unskilled. Yeah, I remember that one. And uh, many tak tak, and then hi, and then uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you go about doing the travel date? Because I basically, I mean, I jokingly said on Facebook, is, is Danish just German with zg at the end of the words? Because that would be <laughs> handy because I forgot to learn it. Um, yeah. But but you know, like for two hours in Copenhagen train station, I think I can get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. two hours would be fine. <laughs> yeah, but I was really surprised because by the amount of people, there were at least you know my Facebook is not a huge space. I don't really have a lot of like Facebook friends, um, but there were like eight people commenting on various different occasions when they learned Danish, like Brits. Mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Danish yeah. secret world language. Yeah, because I mean, like when I. When I was there, like, I'd learnt a little bit to kind of get by and stuff. I didn't, I didn't really have to use much of it. Most of my time, I think that I made a video uh, called Learning Danish in Denmark. And it was mostly kind of me going around and picking out from, from reading, you know, signs and, and leaflets and newspapers of what I'd, what I'd learned and what I could understood from that, mm-hmm. rather than actually using it as a spoken language, because I just didn't need to. And I hate to say that because that sounds like, I'm being a lazy Brit traveling, which is really cringy, but it's, you know, like you'd say, you know, hey, and then ask for something and they'd tell you in English. And yeah, but, but their English is impeccable. A lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, it's the same you know. here in Sweden. It mm. totally is the same here in Sweden. But you feel yesterday. Like it's an almost to speak back to them in Swedish or Danish because uh-huh. they do speak such good English that it's like, Oh, I don't want to, you know. <laughs> oh, I totally have no shame. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I try it out on everyone. I don't care, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, but you know, it's kind of like yesterday. I sat down next to this girl and I thought, I said, "Is this seat taken in English?" And then yeah. I kind of got my, I made this whole thing out of it. And I got my little dictionary out and I went, "Er den her Platzen optagen, tryen, tryen." And I was like really pleased with myself. And, you yeah. know, like basically, I, I already have done the. If, fiction bit of communicating mm-hmm. but then I make them do it not make them do it again but I kind of try it again in Swedish with my little right. dictionary yeah um it turns out the girl was American I had no idea what I was talking about 
<laughs> yeah, and then I spoke to her about um, the advantages of being somebody who speaks a Germanic language, especially as my native language, because reading Swedish and Danish to me is is possible. Mm. Not easy necessarily. Danish is a bit easier. Um, mm. But, you know, they, you can sort of work everything out because there's a load of words that kind of look a bit like German words. Mm. So it's not that difficult. But yeah, I'm going around town with my little dictionary and because there's advertisements on the on the metro called yeah. Tibana here. Yeah. Um and I am I'm really working my way through all these advertisements. That's fun. That's pretty much that was that was me when I was there as well, like just reading everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's a good way of doing it. And and then you can you know, when you we were talking about this last time. Just when you've built up the confidence and you're feeling good, try it out. But make mm. sure you try it out, I guess. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so you have to, have, to, have to get a nice balance of all skills. That's right. So, yeah, learn a language on the trip, really. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's never too late. Like, even, even on the train to Denmark, I still kind oh, of, you know, I was listening yeah. to some people and stuff. And I learned the unschooled. And then yeah. I remembered that I know how to say, for because I've been watching Borgen. Mm. Um, which mean kind of means for God's sake, oh. or maybe even worse. It's like a, <laughs> they say that when they're very when they're very exasperated in in boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then my train went on a boat. Oh really? Yes. So this oh, whole I'm 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 writing a big blog article on the whole trip. Like so when I when I take a long European train trip, I, I like to write about it. Yeah. Um, and this one has just been amazing. I've paid a hundred euros. To mm. get from Wittlich, which is almost Luxembourg, okay, all the way to Stockholm. Wow! And my train went on a boat. So you wow. take the train from Hamburg to the German Baltic Sea island of Fehmarn. Okay, it's sort of a holiday island. It's really tiny, and there's maybe two thousand people living there or something. So you go to Fehmarn. Yeah. And in Fehmarn, there's a place called Puttgarden, which just looks like a station. And the next station is Rödelby. In Denmark, uh-huh. but there's water in between. And when you yeah. look at the geography, it's you realize like, oh no, that's that's the straightest line to, of doing this. And what they've got is like they've got this huge kind of ferry set up there, and it's just a normal ferry like you do between, say, Dover and Calais. Yeah, uh, you know, you a lot of people drive onto it. There's lorries driving onto it, um, and the train tracks just run on into the ferry. <laughs> ha- but. How? Like, does the ferret, does the, do the, I'm confused. It, it it happened. It just happened. It was amazing. I was so yeah. excited. They said, they, they just said, there was an announcement say in like, of course, in Danish and German and English, as, as you do in Europe. Um, and by the third time I finally got what he was saying, he said, please get off the train and go to the upper deck. Hmm. And I was like, eh? And, and then when it happened, you're just there going... Oh my god! Oh my god! And everybody's taking pictures of the, you know, of the, <laughs> of the ferry, going like, "Whoa!" And I've never, I mean, I, I put a picture of it on Instagram, on my yeah. Instagram account, and somebody commented and said they did this in Italy. There's another ferry that does this in oh. Italy, but it's really rare. And what happens is because I looked and I was like, "So where? What is this train stood on?" And it's the tracks just continue through the ferry. I'm going to look now. Oh, there it is. Ferry to Denmark. Yeah. Okay. Ferry from Germany to Denmark. 
Wow. And it's they're all treating it, you know, because they do it like 20 times a day. And then there's all these tourists and travelers going, oh, my God, oh, my God. So That's it's like crazy. you're on a ferry crossing and you get to, you know, like be up and look at the sea. And yeah. uh, just it's just like being on a boat. And then you get back on the train <laughs> and you're back on the train. That's bizarre. I was incredibly excited. I proposed yeah. that they should do that between France and England until I remembered that they have built a tunnel. <laughs> that they've just started to make money on so yeah probably not a good time to, <laughs> to come out with a <laughs> to bring a new bring out a new thing <laughs> like this new innovative very amazing thing <laughs> so oh my god yeah um and then and then the train just kind of you know you went to Copenhagen and then we just went to Sweden oh, yeah. um and now I am in Sweden and I get to work and enjoy Stockholm for a week and Ooh. maybe learn a little bit more Swedish. But I must admit that I had planned to learn more Swedish, but somehow it just fell victim to Welsh. And then when I was in Germany, it fell victim Welsh. to my absolute fascination oh. with oh, Mosul Franconian. Yeah. I've just oh, learned yeah. how to say things in the past in Welsh. Mm. Yeah, so I can say, Nesi plenny rubeth, which what I think means mean? I, I bought something. Oh, and I wanted to give a oh. shout out on the podcast to... Oh, Owen, I think it's just he pronounces himself Owen, who sent me a very uh, nice email saying that the U in what I pronounced as Geriadur dictionary last week um, is actually an E. So it's Geriadiron. So the oh. app is called App Geriadiron. Um, and I dictionary is Geriadir. And I was pronouncing that completely and utterly wrong. And I just wanted to thank him. And I sent him an email back saying, God, I, I'm so sorry, murdering Welsh. Um, <laughs> and that's it. So I just wanted to thank Owen for um, for coming back and, you know, commenting on the podcast. And I always really love it when people comment on the little blog article and send emails and things like that. It's just really nice to know you guys are out there listening. And that's also, it's like what he, what you've just said there is like a perfect example as well of being a beginner and mm -hmm. making the mistakes and, you know, being in a position where someone can say, actually, it's this way, you know, and that's such a wonderful thing because now you remember that, you know? That's true. That's true. You know? And I had read it before several times and it always just, you know, you see a you, you want to go, ooh, you just, mm. it's difficult. Um, and so now that somebody has pointed it out to me, so like, you know, you're really obviously doing it completely wrong. It's just, it's nice <laughs> in a way. Cause, cause otherwise I wouldn't have given that the, prior the learning priority, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm going to pay more attention to it. So it's like you say, you know, cause Welsh pronunciation is a bit funny and like the W is the O sound. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like, you know, I like, I like learning it. I'm still enjoying it very much. Um, and I've been, I've been using it in, you know, I've been using my podcast and stuff and can't access my BBC course from abroad. So I'm going to come back to that when I get back to the UK. Oh. Yeah, because they're fosspots about international rights. Oh, yes. Yeah, fosspot is a good British word. Yeah, I like that word, fosspot. Absolutely. Right. Shall we move on to our yeah. article of the week after discussing <laughs> uh, <laughs> Swedish-Danish dialects <laughs> and, and Esperanto and old dictionaries? Mm. 
Yeah, let's move on. Okay, so this week, like we were, we were discussing this last week that we should talk about this, and mm-hmm. we've wanted to talk about being a, I mean, being a teacher and using a teacher in the new mm-hmm. world of online one-to-one lessons. Is that right? Correct. Okay. What you got, Lindsay? Well, I sent you over a, a small handful of articles, didn't I? I think because yeah. I I couldn't pick one. I loved the one from Udit um, at Learn Langs. Is it LearnLangs.com? Yeah. Yeah, um, which was a really good guide to picking a tutor as a student. And, you know, and one thing I loved that I remember from reading from that one was about how when you're advanced, when you're quite an experienced, not necessarily advanced in the language, when you're an experienced learner, you don't actually need a, te- a tutor that, mm-hmm. uh, that is as experienced. And I, I can totally relate to this because as a student of, for example, Japanese and even Portuguese last year, um, I wasn't looking for someone to teach me. You know, I didn't want to go to go through and have someone say, okay, present tense and okay, past tense. I just wanted to talk and I wanted someone, I wanted to, you know, to just have someone who could teach me as we talked, if you know what I mean. So I think there's that different kind mm-hmm. of, of, of lesson. Um, and I think, you know, a good tutor would be obviously flexible enough to yeah, to offer a, to a, a conversation-focused lesson. Of course, and of you course. kind of want to offer a conversation-focused lesson with a student who's capable of the conversation. You know, who's at that stage mm. where conversation mm. happens and works. I think I think that's valuable. Yeah, but yeah, I've, I have previously encountered that um, what you did says, which is basically if you're a really advanced learner, you can you can kind of take a step down in the level of support that you need from your from your tutor necessarily because there's a lot of language learning and and by advanced we don't necessarily mean you're really good at the language you're learning but you Mm. understand what works for you in language learning exactly and that then helps and that means that you don't need um, a big part of the a big component of the service of a tutor which is the kind of coaching of and the looking at how you learn and finding out a little bit more what's going to work for you but if you already know all this stuff then it's kind of not necessarily a complete waste but you can just jump straight into you know like the meat of things whereas if you are a beginner and you've not really studied languages for a while or you are the kind of person who did it in school and just just didn't really you know feels like I didn't get it I'm not sure this is going to work and what you're doing is you're trying out something completely different with taking on a one-to-one teacher Mm. and you're going to need a teacher who understands that they can't (laughs) just feed you um method method 6.2 yeah. You know, you need that flexibility because you're also on an adventure of self-development and finding out what works for you and finding out how you learn. Yeah, I agree. And that's one reason, like, with, with what I do with tutoring is I create resources um, as and when I need them for specific students. And I still have – I keep all of them, you know, and I sort of recycle them, if you like, if I'm dealing with students and we're talking about, I don't know, uh, pre- let's say simple present tense in English. And I've still got, you know, PowerPoints and – worksheets and and resources on that and you know we can use that and then if actually I think well they need to do this you know we know we need to cover this this grammar point or whatever but they're slightly more advanced okay let's create something with this student in mind Mm -hmm. and then you know in the future again that just adds to the to the resource bank like I 
never really learned very well at school from, okay, page 79, exercise 2.A, you know? So that's not the way that I would teach because I feel like it can be much more, much more than that. Yeah, definitely. And that's something mm. that you only get in, in one-to-one environments. Exactly. Which... It, would be, it would be impossible for me to do, for, for me to teach those Everybody the exact same ways way. with, with a big group. I mean, like, like I said to you earlier, I think before we started recording, maybe actually not before we started recording, um, I'm doing some group work this summer, teaching a couple of summer schools. And it's completely different. It's been a while since I taught group work, I think a year since I taught some, some group work. So it's going to be quite interesting because um, it is different. It is different. And it's very different, yeah. So much more progress so much quickly with a one-on-one tutor, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you get the... It's funny, though, isn't it? Because some students, you, mm. the confidence building that goes along with that, they don't realise how well they're doing, I yeah. find. Um, so you, you also have a role of, like, I think with a one-to-one tutor, you get you get another benefit, which is the sort of cheerleading. Yes. Um, that, that you you need if you're doing one-to-one you know it's it's not just accountability and turning up and productivity and get up at four in the morning and and you know like just bring in your you know like do do six hours of Anki or whatever um Mm. it's also just a when you're feeling a bit crap about yourself you've got somebody who knows you you've got Mm. somebody who has seen your progress as well and who can say you know who can honestly say well, this is working now and this didn't work before. And equally, when your expectations are a bit too high and you're starting to feel like, why isn't this working? You, you then have somebody to point out the little things. Yeah. And I certainly pay attention to, to, to doing that with my students. And I know what they can do now a lot quicker that they haven't done before. And I know what, roughly, what um, grammar points, you know, we may have covered before and what we haven't covered before. And it's great because I get to kind of come back and, and I don't, you know, you, you can just say, oh, do you remember we talked about X, Y, Z and all the examples that we did? It's like, yeah, you know, like I, I really like using my students' family members' names and things like that in, in all mm. the examples. Mm. And like, you know, just making reference to their it's family members and building yeah. a picture that, you know, fits into their life, yeah. which again, you don't get in a group class and you certainly don't get with bloody Duolingo, um, <sighs> which I love and it's fantastic. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Re- reference to the big blog article, which was my rant about why don't I like this for God's sake. Um, you just you just get that much more. It's interesting what you mentioned about preparing resources because i think that mm. kind of leads us in, perhaps into a second point which is the the cost um mm. and perhaps the cost benefit analysis of hiring a tutor and mm. whether it's i don't know whether it's worth it or how shall we how should we go about this yeah i think i mean the 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 first thing that comes to mind is when you look at say I mean most tutors it'll be okay most tutorers <laughs> I teach English yeah. most, <laughs> most tutors you know it'll be an hourly rate and they'll be quite flexible for example I'm happy if a student says actually I'd like half an hour so that's fine no problem you know um but it'll mostly be an hourly rate that's offered and when you see that you know x number of pounds x number of dollars per hour it can be quite difficult because you think right well that's one hour well I get paid um this number 
per hour. Say it says say that it says tutoring for fifty pounds per hour, which is a very expensive tutor, but fifty pounds per hour, and then you think, well, I only get paid minimum wage of six pounds fifty per hour. So how is that fair? And it's very difficult to to compare that. But really, and this is the difficult thing um, to try and express, I think, sometimes to prospective students. It's yes, there's one hour of tuition, but there is also I would say at least, with a good tutor, at least one extra hour on top of that you don't see of them preparing resources, sending you those resources, setting up things like a file on, on, or a folder on Google Drive for you where everything is there for you, you know, marking any work that you've done, any kind of homework, mm-hmm. and preparing questions and, and creating resources specifically for you. You know, yeah. so there is there is this whole extra behind the scenes work that goes into planning a lesson for a, for a one on one student that isn't seen. So it's very difficult when you say, "Oh, it's fifty pounds per hour," and then someone says, "Oh, actually, that's a lot of money. I can't afford that." Yeah, and and it's you do have to think, and and the difficult thing as well is that the quality does vary. Like personally, one for me, I would never pay fifty pounds per hour for someone because I think, well hang on a minute, I don't earn that much per hour, so why should I pay you that much per hour, you know? So it's, yeah. you then have to look, step back and think, right, well, what am I going to get for that? It's, it's um, funny, isn't it? Because I, hmm. I have, for my business, um, spoken to people who, who have such a like strong expertise and equally it's like, sometimes it's what you name the baby because what do lawyers charge? No one earns what lawyers yeah. charge in an hour. Yeah. Um, Apologies to all the lawyers. And I've got a student who's a lawyer who's probably <sighs> turning. I'm going to hear about this. But re- realistically, you know, but it's also, first of all, you've it's it's a slight perhaps different thing because you need access to their service. But you're also, the, the, there's a scarcity. Um, and what has happened with online teaching in particular is through uh, wonderful resources such as italki.com and um other online teachers are available.com or whatever they're called. Um Italki being really big name in this in this mm. space right now. Mm. Um they have created this thing which is basically a marketplace for online tutors and it's great. It's great as a as a learner, you know, you can get to go, you know, I have I've gone on there and looked for Welsh tutors just because I don't, I mean, I, I know one lady who might be able to help me with Welsh, but I've just wanted to see, okay, what's out there, you know, like who's, other people teaching Welsh online and got gap in the market people, you know, like come and teach some Welsh <laughs> on the internet, uh, just to me. <laughs> but I, you do, you know, like the way the listings look, you very quickly start comparing on price because these kind of environments and listings do require a tutor to kind of give an idea of what they cost in an hour and I think it can be very easy you know with the different living costs and different economic conditions in this Mm. world it can be very easy for a student to to become very focused on price alone and compare on price and I just sometimes think it's it's really like you say it's it's difficult to convince somebody of your value Mm. and equally and this completely just want to say, you can get a tutor who charges, say, $5 an hour, which works for them in their environment, I guess. Although I think there is an undercutting war and I have spoken to many tutors who are struggling because they 
they're basically teaching below their own minimum wage and they don't even know what mm. to do and they just say well I'm not going to get students unless I unless I cut my prices yeah. which to which I say you are going to get students because you're good because I can yeah. tell you're good because you're trying mm. and and you know like you you're you're going to get better and better but that kind of situation forces the tutor if they are a full-time person if if they're a full-time person they will be the person who creates the resources and knows what they're doing and has a system set up and everything that Lindsay and I do that's if they are a full-time tutor if they're a full-time tutor they're going to have to charge more because they don't have the other source of of income Mm. and if you're working with somebody who is taking say five six lessons a day and one-to-one lessons take it out of you um, mm. or at least for me I, I I feel that that is a lot if they do that every, every day day in day out you lose out on on quality of that person because they're just going to mm. be exhausted and they're not going to be quite as fresh um, and it's just not going to be quite the same experience that you would get if you just if all of their students paid like together five pounds more and it gave them a chance to rest and recover mm. in between lessons this is mm. something I feel strongly about because I've because I have seen tutors who said, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, this is my dream job, but I, I, I'm gonna have to give it up because I can't make the money." Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I know, mm. um, like I started teaching online in the summer of 2013. Yeah, and then last summer, was it last summer? No, last April. Like I was teaching a lot, like primarily on Italki because a lot of my my sort of students through Lindsay Does Languages were um, face-to-face mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't promoting myself as an online tutor via Lindsay's Languages. I was sort of testing it with Italki, which I think is a, a really, really great for as a tutor. It's a really great way to see, is this something I could do legitimately? You know, money aside, is this something that I enjoy? And et cetera, et cetera. Um, anyway, yeah, so I was actually got to the point where April last year, um, I was teaching, I, I gave myself the two weeks because obviously with real life tutoring, you lose the kind of um, like academic holidays. There's there's obviously time when you're not working, which is nice. <laughs> but then obviously you don't get paid if you're not working. So I said, OK, right, this Easter, this these two weeks, I'm going to actually devote to online teaching and see if this is a legitimate business model that I could do. And because I was, most of that was kind of my talkie, most of that was essentially below minimum wage um which for the for the UK which meant that I was I was doing it and I was working and I was getting students and I was having eight hours a day wow um of 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 students for two weeks and it was solid and it was intense um but it was possible and so I completely emphasize with what you say about people who feel well I have to have it this low to get these students because then as soon as I said right well I've got this experience now okay let's raise prices to actually a fairer price, um, the student numbers then drop. Which is completely understandable because there are still thousands of other people on that marketplace or a similar marketplace that will sell themselves for less than that and for what, you know, I was originally. Yeah, and it is an open marketplace, so that's entirely fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just about making sure your personality gels as well. And, Mm. I mean, I wrote wrote the article about, I wrote an article called, what's it called? How much do you pay your online tutor? How much can you pay your online tutor? Mm. Um, And in that, I really wanted to make clear, I did say, 
please don't think somebody is trying to rip you off because they're charging $40 an hour. Because mm. they aren't. Mm. Um, because you also have to bear in mind that, you know, like you say, the UK's minimum wage alone is mm. what converts to like nine or ten dollars an hour now. Mm. And, you know, really? so you can't compete with somebody who offers it for six in a country with a lower cost of living. Yeah. You know, because the, the starting conditions are different. But what you get is an English native speaker who lives in English native speaking country who is a, a teacher of experience and you know who's Lindsay come on <laughs> but this this is what it comes down to right people are going to say some people hopefully are going to say I want Lindsay because Lindsay is awesome and I get her I oh, want I so. Kirsten nice. I mean there's about eight people in the I like world who say I want Kirsten yeah. and one of them I'm married so I can't teach him anything anymore <laughs> but you know it's 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 about it's about putting yourself out there um but in my article I kind of wanted to say Look, you can, there are free options. There is the language exchange option. Mm. And there is the option of, you know, like, you know, try, because you might get world's most amazing tutor at a low price. Try it out. Um, but you are more, you're just more likely to hit the kind of either a part-timer or somebody who's just dabbling in it, um, mm. which might be fine, especially if you're a very experienced learner, like Judith, Judith explained. Yeah. yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. If you know how you learn... And, you know, I just need, I just want to practice my conversation or I just want to practice this, but I don't need the whole shebang. That might not be what you start out looking for. You might end up with somebody who offers you the conversation and actually still has the knowledge on how people learn because I still think that's a bonus. Mm. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of have a little bit more space to play with. But if you're somebody who's just isn't even feeling confident about your learning skills and don't quite know how to start out and you're finding say Duolingo overwhelming or already and and perhaps you don't know where to start then at least try out a tutor you know just just get the tutor not ignore price just get the tutor you want because they look really cool mm. it would be kind of my advice like ignore price if you can <laughs> within your budget I mean okay it's it's it's, it's just like box. getting married, isn't it? It's like you know, you gotta get get the best what you can for the money that you've got. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 yeah, that's exactly it. That is, mm. yeah, so you gotta you know, you, but for for the money that you've got, but certainly, like I said, I mean, for I have I've spent money for people to advise me with my business, and I have actually spent like two hundred pounds on sitting with this person for an hour, but I got way more value out of that. Yeah, because it's stuff that I would have someone, been noodling yeah. around, thinking, thinking, thinking for weeks mm. and not knowing what to do. Mm. And that's, you know, that's kind of what it comes down to, which leads it's, us it's, to... Yeah, it's what it's worth to, to you as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, nobody should go into debt over language lessons. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. But, you know, we, I mean, this is... We've, we've spoken about this before um, as a single small business solo business um providing language lessons online in a busy marketplace it's great for people like you and me to be able to say yeah we're legit mm. you know we we're doing this and we're, we're doing it just as well as you know the the teacher that you might get at Berlitz mm. and exactly I'm, and I'm very proud of saying being able to say that yeah, it's not always been a matter, of course, that I felt this way, 
Um, and I, I once went to like a local language school because I was hoping that they would have a um, tutor and because their reception and they had the door open to a language lesson. So I listened in to somebody teaching a lesson mm-hmm. and it was the best feeling in the world because I was sat there going, oh man, I'm better than this. Oh, <laughs> It's not like there's no, yeah. it, I just felt my confidence rise because it was like, yeah. these people are legit. They've got signs on the street. and My, my job before I uh, started doing what I do, um, I was a learning support assistant in two different schools and um, the second school I hated. Um, I won't say what it is, obviously, but I used to literally go to lessons and think, this is bad. I could do a better job than this. And that's, that's honestly, that's one of the big things that inspired me to start Lindsay's Languages because I was like, no, this is so wrong. Yeah. You know, and then having to sit there and be the, the lesser person in the room watching someone do it worse than you could. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. And I was like, no, no more. I'm done. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's something in the person that will take that step to self-employment because it's it's not always the cushiest, easy ride. Yeah, it's it's bloody mm-hmm. scary. Um, but there's something I, that we have in common, which is you looked at something, you thought, there's a better way of doing that. Yeah. And this is also why I never did a TEFL <clears throat> or any kind of teaching, like old school, like like that kind of, go teach in China teaching qualification because yeah. I didn't feel that that would serve my students. I didn't, I felt that mm. I wanted to be here to encourage and explain and teach mm. as much as I can, but I didn't need classroom management. And I mean, I've previously discussed this with Ollie. So if you go back to podcast episode number, number the one with Ollie Richards, um, <laughs> We we discussed this as, as in in kind of greater detail. Okay, last question, Lindsay, okay. um, would be, what do you think makes a good? No, no. What do you think learners should do to find a great language tutor on the internet? Ooh, I have question. one thing on my notepad that I just want people to look out for. Okay. Um, which is personality. Yeah. I.e., do you like them? Does what they write make sense to you? Um, ideally, do they have a website? Because you know they're serious if they've got, a, you know, at least a website set up. Yeah. Um, and there is something to be said for if somebody has put a lot of effort in their own business, they're going to put a lot of effort into you. Um, mm. But personality, I think, is really, really important. Because yeah, ultimately saying, you know, that there's no better, there's no better kind of, guarantee guarantee of success yes perhaps yeah then if you look at somebody's profile or you look at you know you, you listen to Lindsay or kirsten on a podcast and you think yeah i'd love to take lessons with you um because that makes you as the student bring something to the lessons that is you you're going to want it to work whereas yeah. if you've picked somebody up online and that you're not quite sure about it you're actually bringing your doubt into those lessons, mm. which makes it difficult. So psychologically, I think this is this is a huge, huge aspect. Um, and you are going to be in a one-to-one lesson, which means you're going to spend at least an hour a week um, <laughs> really staring at this person's face. Um, and they might correct your homework and they might, you know, so get somebody that you think is going to get you there. Yeah, because it's a different relationship as well between yeah. a teacher and a like a, a sort of traditional classroom teacher and a student. 
I think I feel in that environment it's more a case of authority yeah you do what I say right whereas with a tutor there is more of a level so you know, I feel like you know a tutor still obviously has um more kind of say on what happens within that hour um of course unless the student says help me with this <laughs> in which case then you know plans go aside and you say right let's do this yeah um but I feel that that relationship is slightly different and you can you know you do have to accept right okay so they're going to correct me from time to time but it's not going to be nope that's wrong do this this way you know it is it is a slightly different relationship which I yeah. find really interesting uh, every now and then when a student um you know like sometimes in Germany you just have like all these mispronunciation you know like if you might have a mispronunciation that just results mm. in endless amounts of comedy mm. um and yeah. you know like i it, it makes me giggle but then i explain it to my student why it's funny and i think yeah. that's that's kind of part of part and parcel of of how a lesson with me might go is that that you know i i want to make sure we have a laugh and i want to make sure we have fun um but equally i have one student where if i do too many like if I came and came and provided a lot of exercises and a lot of impulses from my own mm. um aspect I think with him it just it would disturb his routine he just didn't, he wouldn't really respond to that so well because we've tried it before and he's kind of like there's a lot of what do you want me to do yeah and then yeah. later on he's sort of like oh now my head's spinning yeah. and I thought oh no no I just don't know I'm gonna let you take the lead but yeah. prep and you know like just get the same get the same textbook that you're working with and yeah. you know so that's the other thing like you have somebody who adapts to how you work and I've learned a lot about introverts and extroverts as well in lessons and the the absolute benefit of letting somebody think and mm. not you know, I mean you can tell I'm, I mean I do a podcast you know like you can tell I love talking <sighs> um, but there is actually a benefit to letting somebody finish their thought before they open their mouth that's another thing as well that's different between a classroom environment is that in a classroom environment, if you've got multiple students, you know, you're always going to have the kind of extrovert or the person yeah. who's always putting their hand up and, and getting all the answers right. And so people get a different experience from that. And some people will miss out and not perhaps get as much as they could. Exactly. I mean, I know when I did Spanish at GCSE the first year, um, there was um, probably about nine or ten of us, five of which were very, shall we say, very naughty boys <laughs> who... <laughs> We're literally, we're on the bottom floor, I should say, we're on the ground floor. And they would literally climb out the windows onto the playground and just like come in with like halfway through the lesson with a drink and, you know, and it was very disrupted and not a lot got done. But so I missed out a lot on that, you know, and things like that can happen in any, probably not so much in an adult classroom. <laughs> I yeah, would hope. but the, People the, the, out the same windows. personality dynamics apply, you're right. So this is definitely, as you are looking for a one-to-one tutor, or even if you're looking for a class, make mm. sure you like that teacher. And it's not that difficult, really, to, you know, I mean, not difficult. It's not too difficult to kind of, like, you don't have to do a big personality analysis and you don't have to do, like, personality tests with them. Just think, do I like this person? Yeah. You know, like, am I am I going to get on well with them? Do I Do I like this person? And that makes... I think a huge difference, mm. and it's it's wonderful to kind of to kind of think that. Um, but yeah, but what else should somebody look out for? Um, I think. Or have I just killed it? Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think personality is a really big one. I think, and like personality, kind of tagging on from that. That's one reason I 
um, love doing video is because it's a way for people to, similarly to how you do your podcast, well, kind of, I'm half involved with you now, but it's it's a way to express your personality so that people can kind of get to know you a little bit before forking out the money to spend on a lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think video and, and having a, a visual presence, be it photos, video, audio, something that people can just privately take in and yeah. kind of get to know you a little bit before before making the plunge because it can be quite intimidating I think if you think oh this person can can teach and they can do this but actually you know nothing about them yeah so I think that's and that's to do with probably a lot of what you've done with savvy brand um talk it I imagine is I also was just thinking about the that. branding you know like the website you mentioned if 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 someone has a website and it's very very basic and it just says boom about we can offer tuition, no pictures, no nothing, no personality, then you're probably going to think, well, hmm, is this yeah. really for me? Or Maybe what a lot of teachers do, because, you know, yeah. because teaching environments encourage this in the institutional environment, is that they will write um, sort of words that they think are make them attractive but to a mm. student, but actually make them look like everybody else, unfortunately, like which is a word like qualified. Yeah. It's like, I'm a qualified teacher. Oh, good for you. <laughs> it just doesn't really add that much when you are looking and you're, because you, you can have a list of 40 qualifieds, but out of those 40 qualifieds, I had this, and like you say, in Savvy Brand Toolkit, that is the steps kind of that it takes you through, like kind of makes you go, well, what do you like? And what, you know, like, what is your thing? Um, and there was a, a Japanese teacher who's recently, I've, I've, um, I've had as part of it, and, and I am bringing it back as Savvy Brand Academy because I, I can just tell that the, the live coaching has really helped with it. So we're going to bring it back eventually. <laughs> on the to-do list, on the to-do list. Uh, it's and, and it was somebody who said, well, I'm really into manga and, and that whole anime aspect. And I said to him, boy, how cool would it be if you could, mm. you know, like like use that in your lessons and that's such a specialism as well. Like yeah. that would be a really, really, really cool thing. Exactly, and that's too, I'd love that. You know, you can have you can have fifty people who are qualified, and then all you look at the difference is like, um, you, the difference you look at is price. But if you have one guy who will sing to you in lessons, or you have one guy who, I had one lady, and she said, "Well, because I said, who do you really love working with? Who do you feel gets the most out of your lessons?" And she said, mm. "Oh." there was this teenager and she was so shy and she felt I made her feel comfortable and it made mm. me feel great. And I said, what a wonderful sort of like story to, to tell or like a, you know, yeah. what, what is kind of cynically called a selling point sometimes, but the kind of the fact that you say, I used to be really shy and I know how intimidating speaking a foreign language is. So I focus on that in my lessons yeah, I think that's important as well. Isn't that amazing? I know I know how you said I know how um intimidating speaking foreign language is. I think in a tutor, especially with a language tutor, I would look for someone who learns languages. Uh-huh. Who is learning a language. Mm-hmm. And that is that is exactly what Lindsay does languages is about, isn't it? Like you talk about yeah, sorry, that your like language learning experience. Me. Yeah, sorry, that wasn't meant to sound that way. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but no, it, that's that's true it because, makes so much sense. Because and, and not just like, oh, I learned a language once, once upon a time, way back in school and my certificate's all dusty, but actually is actively still learning any language now. Because I think that there are so many methods and everything is changing so quickly 
makes me feel really old to say that. Everything <laughs> is changing so quickly and these new things are coming out. And to be on top of that, the best way to be on top of that for your students is to keep learning yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think a good teacher never stops learning. I agree. I agree. Because I think a good teacher feels you know like knows knows the benefits of learning like a good teacher yeah. loves learning right because otherwise yeah, you wouldn't yeah. teach people yeah. stuff because you're all about because what you're selling is kind of learning mm. and and the love of learning or at least yeah because for, for me fluent is about learning open-mindedness and that sort of message that and I hope it comes through I feel like it comes through um it's about you're never too old you, it's never too late to start. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, uh, the, one of my housemates here in this um, house sitting arrangement, um, who talked about climbing. We talked about climbing, and I said that mm. I went back to the the bouldering wall for the first time in two years. Yeah. But I never ever even tried climbing before I was thirty. Okay. Um. And there are a lot of people on the wall who are just amazing, I don't know, amazing geniuses who've been doing it since they were five and they're sort of hanging upside down by their toes. And then there's me going like, oh, I hate everything. But it's never too late. You can yeah. start doing anything at age anything. And I think that's so important. And I'm so made up. I'm just so happy that each of my students, I can tell, like connects with and embraces that message. The, yeah. the, the kind of just, you know, you've you got to try before you knock it. Mm. And to me, that's, that, is, that is part of my, like, the philosophy. And that's everything behind fluent. So it comes back to personality. Because I think the person I, I teach best, the person I work best with, is somebody who also believes that and who kind of feels that this is fantastic. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it, it, it's... I, d- I can't even think, like, I can't even think. If you're looking for a good online teacher, okay, it's got to be someone you like. Someone you like, um, personality, good, like, good positive um, branding. Good positive branding. Um, and learning themselves. Decent uh, terms and conditions, probably. Or at least somebody, because yeah. that shows you that they're experienced and it they know serious. what happens when you cancel, yeah. Yeah. etc. So perhaps, and the kind of practical stuff, and then somebody who uses, or is le- is at least open to using the systems that you want to use, not yes. just like Skype or Google Hangouts, true. but also whether you want to work yeah. with a book or whether you want to work with videos, yeah. and someone who really asks you what you actually want to do before they take money from you, I think. This is true. So those are some tips, perhaps, for finding a good online teacher. And Otherwise, look a little bit beyond I talk language.co.uk and into the and there you've got two very good tutors. Indeed you do. Indeed you do. And and I also I run a little Facebook group because of Savvy Brand Academy because I I really love working with teachers and just because seeing the results is just like ah this is fantastic, you know. Yeah. Um so if you're looking for a tutor of something that Lindsay and I don't provide, Lindsay provides Spanish and English and I provide German. Is that right? And French. Spanish, English and French. Oh, you do French. Mm-hmm. I used to do French. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a French degree. Yeah. Um, but then I kind of, I, I stopped providing one-to-one lessons. Yeah. Uh, because my own confidence level wasn't high enough. So it's mm. also about feeling like you can actually do it. Like I can do it. Yeah. My students told me I could do it, but I didn't feel comfortable. And I wanted to focus on German. Yeah. Um, 
That's but I've got an online course another in day. An- another question for another day. Native or non-native speak te- blah, 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 teacher? And does it matter? Mm. That's a good question. Because someone who has learned the language as a foreign language may know different where you are stuck. Yeah. But somebody who's a native speaker, I think especially for conversation exchange, you're always going to look yeah. for the native. But for somebody, they're not always the best person to explain grammar or tricky rules to you. No. And to make things make sense. So perhaps you need two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but again, don't go into debt. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and collect some um, exchange websites or a, a few that, that I'm aware of. So certainly mm-hmm. italki. Um, and I've heard of a few others. But as a teacher, personally, I... Again, I also started out on italki a little bit, um, but I got a lot of students through, or I got most of my students through my own website um, because my husband told me to start blogging to promote the website. And if you are an online teacher out there, it works. People people wrote. (laughs) One of the best things you can do. Definitely. 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 Or start a podcast or come on this podcast. Send me an email and tell me why I should (laughs) interview you and I will do it. I will do it and I'm going to, you know, spend an hour talking to you. Right. So, Lindsay, I think we have covered this teaching topic very, very well. So yeah. shall we shall we move on to the tips of the week? Right. Let's start. So and if you haven't listened to the podcast before, this is the part of the podcast where my where one of one of the hosts suggests three <laughs> different tips that will help you with language learning, which are all excellent. But a particular tip will be chosen as the tip of the week. And this week, um, Lindsay is choosing and I am suggesting. Yay! Tip number one, play QuizUp. QuizUp is an app that you can download that is all about the quizzes. Um, and there are quizzes about pretty much anything. And what I have noticed on there recently, it's, it's really, it's addictive, it's entertaining, it's a fantastic game. And what I've noticed on there recently is that there are actually quite educational quizzes, including a lot of foreign language ones. So you can do, you can take quizzes in beginner's German, beginner's French. Um, I'm still looking for the Welsh. I haven't found any of that yet, but certainly all major languages are covered. So the, and the questions range from what is this in this foreign language or, you know, like, which word is the noun in this sentence, etc. You can do English grammar. If you can learn it, you can find it on quiz up so that is quiz up exclamation point and just look for it on the app store um number two read local literature stop buying basically stop buying harry potter in a foreign language <laughs> and instead try and find out who are the local if you if you're interested in children's or young adult lo- authors um try and get into the local scene a little bit more and read something that is written by a local author not only are you going to be diving into the foreign culture just that little bit more but you're also supporting books that have been written in a foreign language as opposed to supporting the industry of translating books that were written in English in the first place which is the bigger one out of the two um and number three be really organized and use Evernote Evernote is a note-taking app that has many, many amazing features. It's You can use it for synchronizing your notes across... I've got it on my iPad, phone and computer, and it works incredibly well. Um, and the particular tip that I've remembered now 
is something I've recently realised, which is you can download full lectures if, say, there is an MP3 lecture um, that you might want to listen to in your car or something like that, and it's not available as a podcast um, or a YouTube video, you can save the whole dang thing to Evernote um, and then listen to it offline, which mm-hmm. is absolutely excellent. They also have a fantastic web clipper if you're interested in, uh, if you're finding foreign uh, articles, for example, and they provide a handwriting iPad app called Pen Ultimate, which you, allows Brum-bum. you to... Sorry? Yeah, that's, a, that's a cool name. Brum-bum. I just had to... It's a, it's a nice little pun. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I didn't get it. Oh, like penultimate and then pen ultimate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's a pun. I'm with you. It's a I'm pun. with you. It's a pun. Isn't it it's, brilliant? It's, it's a punny pun. That's right. So you can even buy like a stylus for it, or you can use a stylus, or actually you could just draw with your finger. But for example, for learning a foreign script, it might be fun. Mm. to practice and then it saves it to Evernote and you could see your progress so those are my three number one quiz up number two read local lit and number three be organized with Evernote okay okay uh number one quiz up I don't I don't think I'd really use that personally um I think I'd probably get distracted if it's if I'm scrolling and it's like big French quiz Chinese quiz pop stars pop stars of the 90s I'm gonna pick pop stars of the 90s (laughs) so I think I'd get too distracted um, the second one really made me laugh because don't, don't be embarrassed. I'm UK top 100 for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know. Because, because, um, when you said read local literature, I'm thinking, why is she telling me to read about the history, what little history there is of Milton Keynes? Why, what, how's that gonna? And I was really confused. And then you said, stop buying Harry Potter, and it really made me laugh. Um, the second reason it made me laugh is because I've only recently just watched all the Harry Potter films, seriously. I'm quite, you know, behind the times. So I actually found Harry Potter and the mm, book, one of them, Goblet of Fire, I think, in my library for like 25p in German. And I was like, okay, I have to buy that. 25p. So I I have, I know. So I am reading Harry Potter very, very slowly in German (laughs) for pleasure, I suppose. Pleasure or pain, I'm unsure. Um, but yeah, so I it really made me laugh. The sec, what was the last one? Evernote. Yeah, Evernote, Evernote. I like Evernote. I've used it to um, put together a little kind of freebie that will be soon available to email subscribers of Lindsay Dis Languages Little Language Mail. So I've actually used it, and I, I've a lot of that time, like when I've been sort of waiting outside, because I still have a few face to face students, and I've been waiting outside in in between lessons and things, and I've gone on my phone. And typed up a few notes mm-hmm. and then gone home and synced them. And that's been offline when I've written them. Gone home and synced them across and the notes are there on, you know, my computer, my iPad, whatever. And I also used it to craft out my recent course, my phrasal verbs course that's coming very, very soon. So it has been very, very useful. But I don't think I've used it for all of its functionalities. So... No, it, it is a huge... I think it's huge. It's enormous. I think enormous. I need to give it some... Uh, the more some you use love. it, the more it kind of works for you. Yeah. As well. You really have to... You have to commit with Evernote. Yeah. Like, it's not It's not for people who just want a, a short affair, is it? <laughs> it's a It's a proper... Get married yeah, but to Evernote. Get married to Evernote, that's right. So as a teacher, I have um, 
I've got a little notebook now that's a shared one and in the notebook I can then tag my students and what's oh. great is it lets you clip web articles but then it lets you highlight in those articles mm-hmm. and write little comments so you could you know when you're doing your translations you can pretty much type what the word means in your foreign language for example yeah um in front yeah, of I it. think that's I think that's the one I think I need to get on board with Evernote and experiment more mm. so that would be that would be my tip Okay, so be organized and give, if you haven't, and I would love to hear from people, are you, are you using Evernote now? Because I feel like, I feel like it feels like the whole world is using Evernote. And I first signed up to it in like 2009 and never started using it. Never, I never got it. I never got the point until like maybe a year ago, um, which is 2014, just to date this podcast. Um, and, and. Now I really get it, and now I really, really use it. But I think a lot of people, you, you don't, you're like, do you, do you get it? Do you use it? How is, how do you use it best? Um, and tell us, tell me your Evernote story because I'd love to know. So Evernote, it's E V R N O T E. Our tip of the week. <laughs> how does N? How what? How do you spell Evernote? Just E V R. E V E R N O T. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. E V E. Yeah, right. Sorry, I was confused. I thought you were giving me like an abbreviated like E V R N T. I was like, what? Um, I misheard. Oh God, I misheard. maybe I did that. I don't know. Right, we can cut this out. <laughs> we can cut this out of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> dum dum. <laughs> we're running a little bit long anyway. Yeah. Okay. So as we are as we are running long, and we we as you can tell, we we love talking to each other I think I really always enjoy yeah. talking to Lindsay and I think especially the topic of finding a good online tutor um not going into debt but but getting the best <laughs> for the budget you've got uh, I think we're both quite passionate about that because it is it is our job um and I think there, there's been a lot in this podcast this week it's it's really been fabulous but as my use of the past tense is indicating I think we're gonna have to call it yeah i agree okay so this is this has been episode 22 i have been kirsten from www.fluentlanguage.co.uk and you have been Lindsay from lindsaydoeslanguages.com excellent and then we'll speak to you guys in episode 24 awesome bye bye Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in iTunes or on Stitcher. That's always very much appreciated. If you have any feedback or you've got any questions, you can email me, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you can find me on Facebook, Fluent Language Tuition, or on Twitter, at Kirsten Hammers, that is K-E-R-S-T-I-N, H-A-M-M-E-S.